You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. So, what's the before after the show discussion, Sid Talk? Today, it lasted about 10 seconds. You said, oh my god, it's hot in here. And I said, uh, no, it's barely right. We offered each other our hands. You are clammy, and I am... I disagree. You feel clammy. I don't care what you say. And I am what? I feel like I'm freezing. There's nothing clammy. And you say my hands feel like, what, normal? Yes. That was it. That was it. It was very interesting. Before that, we were in silence, because I was doing some You were in a different room. And you were doing some things, <laughs> so there wasn't much of a discussion. You was in a different room, I was in a different room. Excuse me. That was what was Correct. going on. All right, so it is Saturday, March the 10th, 2012, and this is after the show number 214. This week, we're looking at the movie Columbus Circle. It's a Blu-ray release, a 2012 movie. Released on Blu-ray on the 6th of March, 2012. It's a PG-13, and it's from our friends at Universal. It does not have a tagline. And Sid Talk is going to offer up the synopsis of this fine movie to you, the listener. Here's a little bonus for you. If I had been... I'm just looking at the page, so if you... you know, um, If you had, had... If we had had a longer conversation, I just realized I'm getting a pimple upon my nose. So there you go. That would have been the extended version of our before the after the show <laughs> discussion. You need to. Ugh, I hate having a zit. You either need to. Hey, I'm up. Talk a little I'm bit up. louder. Yeah, go. Oh, yeah. Women, do you ever get tired of your men telling you what to do? I'm just even you if it makes sense. It's and technical. If it's the right thing to do. It doesn't matter. Te- our listeners are going. Why is she so far away from the microphone? And, and the now, women and the and women are go- going. We totally understand. Yeah, you how couldn't. it feels. Synopsis of Columbus Circle. Oh, um, I, okay. Uh, a woman is hidden away in a very wealthy top of a building at Columbus Circle in New York City. And in the world, there are lots of people who plot to, I don't know, do bad things. Shysters? Shysters. Yep. It's a, how would you put it? Like, sort what of type an internal, of film is it? sort of a psychological thriller. It's not very thrilling. It's got like a noir kind trying, of feel to it. It doesn't though. That's, it doesn't, but it's trying that. It doesn't. Yeah. It isn't even close. But I mean, I, I think the that. vibe is wanting to be there. Yes, definitely. And we'll get into more about that later on. Okay, so Columbus Circle. Um, I knew nothing about it at all. You knew nothing about it at all. In fact, the only thing I knew really about it was the cover. Which um, has the main people in the movie. In a, it's a very boring cover, let me say. And it's that. black and white, trying, as you said, because she's got the light on her eyes, and it's got the. I don't know. It looks trying like trying to, to, trying to have be that more. noir kind of feel. Um, and I did feel that a little bit from the movie, but not fully. So what you felt was like a almost like an almost academic. Attempt, I'll tell you what I did. I I'll tell you what I did feel from the movie um, before I go into what I think of the movie. Some things I felt. Um, I felt some Hitchcockian stuff that was kind of ripped off from, you know, like a direction from Hitchcock. Um, visuals from Hitchcock. Uh, wow, that's a stretch to me. I didn't see any of that. Not, not great, not in a good way. I'm, right. I'm just talking about like cop- copied almost. Okay. Um, some Coen Brothers stuff that... Obviously, doesn't belong in this movie. Um, 
for and example. That, and that's I don't really. It's it's too spoilerish. Oh, okay. I say. Um, I mean, is it dialogue? Is it performance? Is it no. character? Quirky people? That that to me is what would be. So the movie itself, Columbus Circle. Um, this is what this is how I feel about it. <laughs> Wait, it, that was what you felt. This is what you think. No, th- this is that was what I um, that was the what I noticed. This okay. is what I think of it. Um, it's uh, just a really average, straight down the middle. Almost feels like a TV movie. It's not bad. It's not good. It's got bad. It's got good. But like I said the other week. You literally will forget you... By Wednesday, I won't remember this. That's the kind of movie it is. It's fine. If it was on late night on TV, I wouldn't feel shortchanged watching it. It's just like, okay, it'll be on HBO or something like that, right? Yeah, I could see it late sure. night. HBO. I would watch it. I think it'll be on, you know, WG. Yeah, because it's, yeah. it's actually fine for anybody. So I would watch it, I would experience it, and then I would move on. And that's literally what the movie is. It's just straight down the middle of the road... There wasn't many surprises in it. It was trying a bit too hard. Um, there was really bad performances by some people. For example? Or will you get to it when we get there? Uh, I'll, well, I might as well just touch on them. I thought Jason Lee was kind of poor in it. Oh, God, yeah. I thought Amy Smart. The scenes between Amy Smart and... What's she called? Um, Selena Blair, who's the main person. The scenes between them two were like... Uh, Cardboard. Yeah, cutouts. there's no emotion in them at all. Um, even when they were supposed to be super emotional, because although I think the other girl, the one, you, the woman that you said, I like her. I liked her a lot. I do, but um, I don't think she had much to work with here. Uh, in those together scenes, um, I think an accomplished actor, actor such as Kevin Pollock, who's in this movie, it's just like he's just going through the paces. It's, it's almost not very... like they're sometimes it's like they're in a play. And it's a very... In fact, that's what this feels like. This could be a play. It's like it's being handed to you as a... <gasps> yeah, it's, it's got that hey, 50s... Um, and the, the gesture, everything about it, It's they're playing to... Almost like someone's carrying around a big flat thing going, here's the audience, here's the audience, we need you to direct yourself, your dialogue, your body gestures to this and that, direction. And that's why I feel like it, you know, and it say as like a film noir kind of thing, because it, it has an almost an old-fashioned feel to the acting style. Sometimes. I don't know if they're trying to do it on purpose, or they... I know for a fact they're not bad actors, because I've seen them all in better stuff. I don't know if that was what the director was going for. Like, like let's make it kind of flash old, old worldy. Even though it sets, it's set in modern times. Let's make it feel like a fifties movie or a forties movie. I don't know. Um, I don't think he succeeded in what he was trying to do. Exactly. I think the story's been told before. I felt like I'd heard, I've seen the story before. Not exactly the same, but kind of the same. Told better. And I think if you'd taken, I think Rabisi always kind of there's good stuff in here I mean in Avatar he was an asshole and he had a bit, couple moments of like come on you're trying a little bit too hard but in this one completely right I really liked the way he did it and with Selma Blair their moments were really good to me in my mind however it felt like at at the end of every little clip of dialogue it was like it's like watching that thing you're recording over there People talk, and then there's silence. And then people talk, and then there's silence. Nothing seemed to go together. Like, the conversations were like they were 
like one person's on this side of the hall, and one person's over here, and they're practicing their dialogue, and there's not there's hardly any to togetherness, and that really bothered me because at the beginning I really wanted to like it because Selma was doing really good, and the project sounded kind the, of interesting. The first ten minutes, you kind of soaked into it, right? Except that, unfortunately, I think Bo Bridges isn't that no. great. I've never I mean, thought he's that great, and so I mean, he has just had his moments in the past. It's an odd movie. Thinking back now, it's a really odd movie because it's. It's almost like it's handed to you on a plate. Oh, it's obvious. It's obvious. And then, yeah. but they're trying to be like the man behind the curtain at the same time, you know, in the Wizard of Oz. Like, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain when your mind it's all the li- time is going. But I already know. But what's it's literally going handed down. to you on a plate in the way, in this way. Um, there's things going on, twists and turns. They're not so much twists and turns because you <laughs> see them coming a mile away. Like, but. The, the film goes to great lengths to make sure you understand the twists and turns. It, like, flashes things up on the screen yeah, where, exactly. you're, where you're kind of like, but I know this. I don't need a reveal of this. I know it. You've already said it. Or not said it at all, but I already you know it. You don't need to do Are the reveal. The, yeah, all that this stuff. This is what we... Like, um, flashbacky kind of stuff. Or, you don't. yeah. You don't need to put that up on the screen. But you know um, what? Some people would. Some people would be going right along, da-da-da-da-da, and then be like... <gasps> I can't see any, I can't see anybody I can who would be surprised by the outcome of this. Absolutely. I know people who really would just like, go along for the ride. Absolutely like oh absolutely. my god there's a big twist in here. Absolutely. Not they don't think that. Cuz there way. isn't. They don't see that so I understand the audience it could go to and they just eat it up and be like satisfied with it. But I mean it from the moment you see any of the characters, <laughs> exactly. you know exactly what their intentions are. You're like, are. okay, here's the slot this one's yes. going in, and here's the slot Jason this one's Lee, going in. Jason Lee, he plays it so over the top. It's like, okay, the instant he appeared, I was like, okay, I'm not going to say what he is. Yeah. But that is what he is. It turns out that is what he is. It was obvious. Everybody. Instant, everybody. The minute they were in the, oh, uh, I was like, all oh, right. And the, you know, this, this Ray, it was, it was just like... It's quality to look at. It's got some good sets. It's got a good vibe there a couple of times when she's when her character's being introduced to you and stuff. And I had really high hopes because I got a little glimmer of copycat. You remember copycat with Sigourney Weaver and the there's glimmers of a lot of movies. And then then I think oh, but that one's crappy. So let's you know. But it was just the same. You fall back in the same pattern of it's written really basic it's and so there's ordinary. no right. yes in fact i think it's less than ordinary i don't think it's average i think it's below average because it's it's a letdown and i knew nothing about it i didn't even know the title of this movie till we were walking down the stairs today and i noticed it so i knew nothing i had no now, expectations it's and not yet, like while i'm watching it and i'm seeing rebeesies in it and bo bridges is in it and then yeah, the way cast. it looks and the sets were looking nice and it was looking pretty polished and I'm like, oh, and all of a sudden my expectations already started to go up, and then... Ugh, and it ugh. opens with, like, a hitch, literally a Hitchcock, um, the puzzle pieces going together. Oh, right. Which... That's kind of the best part it's of just the like ste- It's like stealing a Hitchcock opening, giving you, immediately giving me... What uh, movie was that? Um, there's several of them where it pieces a picture together, but there's an actual jigsaw one. But it's like... Stealing a Hitchcock opening, the music even sounds Hitchcockian. It really does. Like it's got that vibe of it, and you're like, "Wow, I'm pu- I'm pumped." And then literally throwing that whole idea out the window and doing something else. Like that's what it felt like to me. But you said you thought it was Hitchcocky stuff. Just some copycat direction, not the actual story. Right. 
But yeah, it was it was definitely borrowing. Well, let's from- be honest. If this had been done by Hitchcock, it would have fit exactly perfectly in his repertoire. Yeah, you wouldn't have thought. So this it is an absolute Hitchcockian story. However, it isn't. It's unfortunately we already tag it like that. And, and so then, of- and I'm not saying every Hitchcock movie is great. I think that's a mis- misconception. But the involvement you get with them, the experience of it, and this one, the experience goes all... To be honest with you, there were moments when all I was thinking about was making dinner. (laughs) And that's a very bad thing. I want to be so sucked into my movie. I mean, I was sucked into it. And there was... But there was just certain times where I was, like, rolling my eyes. And there was lines that came out of people's mouths that was just like... There was an audience two feet away from them. That's what I'm saying, yeah. And they were say, And they were, um... The person who's most guilty of it is Pollock. He literally walks into a room and gives you the exposition. It's like he's not talking to the people in the room. Absolutely. It's like he's telling you. He's got his little monologue with the audience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's and it and it doesn't. It would work in in, if you were like privy to it or something. If if they were going for that thing, but they weren't going for that. Or if you put this movie on a stage, it would be good. It would be riveting. It would be interesting with the same actors. I think so. I think so, too. Strip away a lot of the sets and... Kind but but of- this, you know, when he walks into a room and he's like, an old lady lived here and I can't stop looking over there at that spot. There's this scene. And you know what scene I'm talking yeah. about. And then he goes on with this... And, you know, it's it feels really disjointed and it feels like the other people in the room are And not- so inappropriate for what's been yeah. established yeah, for yeah, his yeah, character yeah. already. Yeah. Concierge of a hotel, discreet, Yes, very discreet. The most very discreet similar man to in the Heist. world. Very, the yeah. most discreet Tower man in the world. He's of, literally spent ten years of his life keeping secrets, being discreet, and now he's just blah. Yeah. <laughs> to tenants of an apartment who really shouldn't be upset about anything. <laughs> yes. So yeah, that was weird. So he was doing that, and Jason Lee was. It was almost like Jason Lee was waiting Plus, for him to stop talking so he could talk. Now think about it. That entire thing. Had zero purpose. It was the... No story purpose? No. no. Not even that the characters involved. So that's the kind of stuff it, that makes you go, why? It was are, the MacGuffin why are we or using this? No, he didn't even offer any information. No. We knew everything. There was I no mean, it was to throw you off the scent. Of what? He was telling us what already happened. Well, I don't want to spoil it for these people out here. I know, so I'm saying, though. Right, but there, it had no purpose. And that happened like three times through the movie to me. But... I'm not saying it's terrible. I think that if you're going to watch it's some a kind middle of, of the road movie. Yeah. It literally is. It's not badly made and it's not really well made. It's right in the middle. I'd expect to see it on HBO at 11:30 at night, straight after the. Not uh, even ca- HBO, like we said, it could be on any channel. Seriously. Yeah, I, d- I don't know why, but I feel like they have that kind of movie on HBO, like uh, just middle of the road type of movies in the night. I'd see it there. I'd watch it and then I'd move on. And that's literally what it is. It won't do anything for you or to you. For the 90 minutes it's on, and it's really brief, 90 minute, less than 90 minutes, it, I was going to say entertains you, but borderline entertains you. There are a couple of minutes, like I said, between uh, her, Selma Blair, and Rabisi that I thought were really comfortable and good, and I was thinking, oh, this will be, this will be nice, excuse me, um, if we get this kind of quality in every scene where there's a little bit of awkwardness and real truth about people and all that, because it was really... Good, and then it disappeared. And because it's an ensemble cast, no nobody gets like a big amount of screen time. Really, it's like jumping from one person to another. I disagree. I think Selma's on there almost a very minute, almost. Uh, yeah, but she's not saying anything half the time. She's just 
looking distraught. or being moody or something, right? So nobody gets like a huge intent. This is a couple of intense scenes, but nobody gets like anything to dig the teeth into. So, yeah. So that's why it kind of fails, in my opinion. Like, Except for Kevin Pollock in that one scene, <laughs> which is which is a, a bad scene. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a bad scene. I was watching it, thinking, "Wow, like, uh, did, who was watching this that day and making sure it went right?" Because it kind yeah, of, like, how many takes did they do, and why they choose this one? Or did they do many takes, and this yeah. was just it? Um, so yeah, it's an odd movie to to see in 2012, where it's just. I, I mean, it was completely. It's a 2012 movie. I'd never heard of it. It's a universal picture. It cost $10 million to make. It's not a small independent movie. It's a movie. Yeah, it's so... Disposable. Ordinary, isn't it? That's empty the calories, really. More than empty calories, because it's not even... It's not like empty calories, like, I'm going to go eat a box of Twinkies and have a fantastic time and know that it does nothing for me. It doesn't even give me that thrill of, say... I don't know what. <laughs> like, it's hard to what recommend. Movies, what movies are like guilty pleasures to you that you will watch? Well, like Anchorman, right? There's not a lot of substance I'll wa- there. I'll watch National Lampoon's Vacation, right? Over exactly. And over again. It's empty it's calories because in the me- because also in the meantime you're having a great Something's time. Something's happening, yeah. And nothing happens to your nothing happens. You couldn't to rewatch you. this. You're gonna have a second viewing and say this is gonna be fun a second time around. You just no. couldn't like because you know the whole. Well, you knew it anyway, but. <laughs> There's nothing to savor. However, there's not a lot of there's no nudity, there's no sex, there's no That's why it's so bland. There's, like it's, yeah, there's, it's bland. But then I'm kind of comparing it to last week when I complained about the sort of overt too much of the um, I don't know testosterone bullshit punching faces and shit. That's why like this that. movie. So this has the this doesn't even balance it out. Like Colin Farrell's movie, even Colin Farrell said in the extras. By the time they were done shooting that movie, talking he, about London Boulevard. Yeah, London Boulevard. He wanted to be done with the punching scene. He was done with the violence. He's and not you violent. feel that way mm-hmm. when you're watching it. Like I get it. Can we just move on from the uh, uh, uh. this one? You want? I mean, there is a couple of moments of ah, uh, but very. It needs a little bit of punk, a little bit of spice. There's nothing here that would be really offensive to anybody. It's kind of like an adult movie that you could sit and watch while the kids were around, and nobody would. Well, not true. There's the that's not appropriate for kids to see. No, even even that is done in like a slapsticky kind of way to me. Yeah, but still not appropriate for kids. No way. No, maybe maybe twelve. You don't want your little son and your little daughter to see that and then emulate it. No. No. <laughs> but it's not... Teenagers, no problem. There's not anything there that's going to affect them. There's nothing... There's no tits in it. There's no... <laughs> Do you say that with... No, stop it! I'm trying, stop to, it. I'm trying to inject some interest into this. I know. Stuff. I don't want you to lower yourself. Jesus. you got dignity in I'm this just life. Being, it's com- no, no. comedy. Right. Um, I, I'm doing that for comedy's sake. It's, uh, it's got nothing. It's got, not really got any <laughs> it's blood. It's got nothing except no Giovanni Ribisi. It's got no, one really special like. effect, I think. We might be surprised. And it's the most overused special effect I have ever seen in my life. I'm kind of bored with that special effect. Yeah. Um, right, yeah. Yeah. Um, how many how many movies are we going to see that in? Like it's like oh no they did that. It's like somebody falling off a roof. 
unfortunately, and I, I'm not spoiling anything, nobody falls off a roof in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe or, that's a... <laughs> or unfortunately, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, maybe that. Maybe if they all fell off the roof at the at the end or whatever. Um, yeah, so Columbus Circle for me is... It's hard to recommend to somebody. It isn't bad. No, but it's hard to recommend... Recommend, recommend. I like, think go you know somebody who would, who would be all right with that. It's not a period piece. <laughs> it's set in current times. No, I think uh, uh, the friend that you were mentioning yeah. of mine would find this boring. Same as you and me. Yeah. It was a little boring. There were moments when I was uh, thinking of other things. But individually, I like each of the people. All right, let's move on to the cast. We've got uh, Jason Lee as Charles Strafford. Don't see Jason Lee that often because I don't watch My Name is Earl. So I've not... I'm familiar with Jason Lee's early work because he's in a lot his of... His other Ke- life. He was in Kevin Smith's movies, as most people know. And I'm a big fan of him from Kevin Smith's movies. And then he went on to My Name is Earl and I did not watch that show. And that's what people have been watching him in for the last ten years, right? Or- I think you're mistaken when you say that most people know that. I think... Most people don't know about Most the people Kevin know Smith. My Name is Earl, yeah. So maybe I'm in the... Minority. I'm saying most people don't know that he's... I mean, My Name is Earl is a hugely popular show, so the mainstream audience know him from that, right? And most people probably know him from Alvin and the Chipmunks because they took the kids to see that and they, they see him in that, which is a big franchise. So I don't see him that much nowadays. So I was pleasantly surprised to see his face on the cover of there, but I'm telling you, this performance is like... He went to the Three Stooges school of... It was crap. Yeah, it's the Three Stooges school of acting. It's like slapstick, old-fashioned. Yeah, like that. That was awful. He's playing a drunk. Playing a drunk. (laughs) Yeah, it's like bad soap opera version of a drunk. I mean, we watch a soap opera, a British one, and everybody who plays a drunk in that show plays it much better than he does. Um, So, yeah, it's horrible. I I was like, oh, my God, it's like a cartoon. I think Roadrunner's going to come and crack him on the head in a minute. You know, it's like that. And I think if you say to people, he's in Kevin Smith movies, they have no idea what you're talking about. No. There was a time, 10, 12, 15 years ago, oh, maybe 20 years ago, when he was in uh, Kevin Smith movies. Chasing Amy. uh, Mall Rats. Mall Rats. Was that it? The only two? No, Dogma. Jane Silent Bob Strikes Back, briefly. Right. Um, So... Yeah, it's a horrible, horrible performance from him. It it's is. very subpar. It's unfortunate. I'm thinking he's been in the Alvin and the Chipmunks movies, and that requires slapsticky type stuff. And I'm, I'm assuming My Name Is Earl is slapsticky, also, you know, kind of and goofy. Fun, and yeah. He's probably rubbed off on him a lot, and now he—that's his thing. You think he's affected? Yeah, as they say. I think so. So Amy Smart plays Lillian Hart, and we've seen Amy Smart in Shameless recently, the US version of Shameless. She's also in. Um, She's been in numerous things. I like her, but in this movie, again, she's she doesn't always... There are moments when she's really good. Intense, and I love her. But the best moments were when she was just having an expression on her face. Like, mm. intentionally giving an expression. She always awesome. does it. Quite then right. the talking parts, I feel like the director just let everybody down. I really think in this po- in this movie, the director wasn't getting anything out of anybody. You know when she sat anybody. on the couch? <laughs> yes. And, and she's talking to our main lady. And she's holding an ice pack on her head. Yeah. It was like, what the hell's going on here? Like, what like are you a saying? play again. Yeah, like worse than that. Like a school play. I was like, yes. really? Are you two? It, it's almost like you're both in a different room talking to different people. <laughs> I don't get this. You know when we said the other day about, um, so, like, your grandma, <laughs> whenever a song came on. <laughs> yeah, clapping out. And she used to clap to a song. Well, when we watch, when we look at her. She's clapping, like, out of the beat completely, which is very hard to do, but it's just, like, no rhythm or yep. something. 
this is what this felt like. I know, like, they didn't have any feedback on each other. They almost like they were in different rooms. And it was... You could tell. The dialogue was just not... You know. No, it was like, oh, I mean, oh. London Boulevard had some bad dialogue. And yet, yeah, there's no a one, little yeah. bit of oomph to it, at least occasionally. And then it was melodramatic and boring. But this one was all kind of... Then um, we've got uh, Giovanni Rabisi as Detective Frank... Gariado. I think that's Giovanni, but that's okay. Giovanni Ribisi. I thought he was Giovanni. I've, I've heard him said like that. Um, I love He's him. probably the best thing in the movie. Absolutely. He still doesn't have much to work with. I don't know. No, I think Selma Blair's really good. She just has bad moments of when I don't think the director. I don't think he gave has her much to work to with, do. though. I agree. I, 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 you know, he's he got, did the best with what he had. Yeah, he's got some several scenes. Um, they're pretty routine. Yes, routine. He's doing a routine job kind of thing. You know? I kind of... I don't know why, but it sticks in my head. The scene where they stood on Kevin Pollock's porch with paint on the shoes. Bill Bridges. Uh, yeah, Bill Bridges' porch with paint on the shoes. <laughs> it's not a very good scene, but somehow stuck out as, like, feeling natural out of everything else. Like, it felt oh, the other like... one that was natural was me, the vase. I felt like yeah. that wasn't supposed to be there, and it ended up being there, and that was a really nice moment. So, I love that vase, by the way. Yeah. I want to make one of those. Uh, yeah, face face. Uh, you know, and the everybody else. <laughs> he just didn't have much. Nothing work. amounts to anything, does it? In this movie, correct. There's things that you think amount are going to amount to something they never do. Like it's just so. Um, then you've got uh, Kevin Pollock as Klanderman. Um, he's the bellhop slash. No, oh, he's a concierge. concierge. I don't know what is that concierge. same thing. No, I... see, I'm not familiar with that. You know what a bellhop? A bellhop is like bellhops. A the bellhop would be the equivalent of a busboy in a restaurant. He carries and brings everything to you, carries your luggage. Right, so he's a concierge bad. Concierge is the snotty guy who makes sure that no one knows you brought a hooker to your room. <laughs> concierge is what in charge Ben of, Stiller was in Tower Heist. Yeah, in charge of the snotty. help. Yep, he was the guy who helped out. Uh, All right, so he's the in concierge. Pretty Woman. Well, he's the one who helped her find the place to get her clothes. He's That's called Clanderman. He's kind of. Odd. I like Kevin Pollock, but this is the character is slightly odd. He yeah, we don't we don't want to. He's discreet, anything. like we said, but sometimes he isn't for some laps, momentary yeah. lapses of reason. He has I don't know what that's all about. Um, yeah, he's fine. And then the kind of wasn't I wasn't too upset about that. He's fine. Um, <laughs> Bo Bridges plays Doctor Raymond Fontaine. Here's that- my imitation, of Bo Bridges. Nobody can see. Yeah, that's, I know. Is... I'm this. I, I'm not saying it. He just talks. All you do is all you got on him are close-ups of him talking and his head nodding. Yeah, really, and eating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> close-ups and his uh-huh. hair, his little hair that's poking out back here. That's all I could think of. Was the screen was full of his head, and he was just. Talking. They got really close in on him, didn't they? When Constantly. He Constantly. And he was like on his own. Oh, oh it was almost like. Um, he couldn't be on the set most of the time, so his felt like his that, things yeah. were outside of the set. <laughs> yeah. And she she would say things to him like, "You've got to come here now." And he, he's, he's like at home. And the director's got a camera <laughs> I there. Come. <laughs> I can't come to that set. It's too far. Even when he's at home, we can't go inside. So but it's it, like no matter what. Yeah, it's really odd. <laughs> like they couldn't get permission to go in that house, so they no. just decided. Yeah, we're nobody film ever goes. That. Yeah. <laughs> Bowbridge's house. Nobody ever goes inside. <laughs> also, um, that's why they only spent ten million dollars because the, they've only the, got the. There's apartment a scene where he's walking it. down a new the New York street, eating his um, bagel. Yeah, <laughs> again, free. 
Yeah. There's no set involved. No. It's like, <laughs> they had to buy the bagel, I suppose. Slightly said to the B unit, um, Bo Bridges is in New York this afternoon. Go and get a thing. Get him on a bagel cart and then get him walking, staying and, then and stuff. There's this house out in the suburbs. You guys just drive over there and stand in the front yard. Nobody I, will notice. The guy who's at, he's at work all day. So <laughs> I mean, it seemed just really, I don't know. I wanted A movie like this can be good, right? If there's something... Like even quirky added or something. And they tried that. That's a little where bit, that's yeah. that's this this vibe. The, the vibe. Twist, yeah. And the vibe to it. Obviously they were trying to be something it could have been even more ordinary than it is if they didn't try that stuff. But that stuff just doesn't work in it. I think it reminds me of, you know, the school play I went to recently with my nephew. It's like of twists and turns and misunderstandings and put somebody in the That's closet the and put somebody thing. else in the closet and there's a, and a, and a, yeah. and a, everybody knows it already, but it's like, dun, 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 you know, and that play, I went to see it twice. I would go see it again because... Because it's a that's a vaudevillian play. A little bit vaudevillian, and they did a good job, and it was interesting, and had funniness, and this movie did not. And this is uh, it. Try it de- definitely tries to be different, but it doesn't really work. And it's like it's not. If it was, if it had been more overt, even I think it might have been better. Like li- literally, like from the beginning. Listen, we're gonna. You know that we're going to be um, acting like we're a fif- we are all in the fifties. It's not in the fifties, but Mm-mm. this feel we're going to make it feel like a fifties movie very intentionally. So you're going to have some choppy More acting. Thirties, like but I'm no, I'm saying. talking about like a Hitchcock film, like right, okay. like like uh, the Birds or something, where it has like this feel to it because the acting's different in those days than it is now, and but you can't pull it off when you mix it up, and it's like the tried to do that but then didn't do it sometimes and exactly. never carried the whole thing together like so it doesn't work i mean if they were going to go one way or the other they should have but they didn't they stayed in this middle part so and lastly we've got selma blair who's pretty much the star of the movie cause i think she did a fine job there were moments when i really really made me want to see more of her and i knew right away i mean she's obviously better in other movies absolutely um, so I don't know. She had some really good moments in this, so she kind of salvaged it for me. So this I is... looked forward to seeing her character, right. whereas I didn't care about anybody else. So this is directed by George Gallo, who has directed lots of films that I have not seen, but he's most famous for he wrote the script, uh, the screenplay for Bad Boys. Which um, one? Bad Boys. Which Bad Boys? The movie called Bad Boys. There's another movie called Bad Boys. There's one with Sean Penn from the 80s. Oh, I don't know that one. This okay. is this is the Will Smith vehicle. Okay. Um, yeah. Sean Penn, Ali Sheedy. Which is a good movie. Uh, well-wrote screenplay, I think. You know? Uh, this one? Bad Boys. Oh, right. I was going to say. Haven't we just been saying? Talking about Bad Boys. Oh, yeah. Um, um, but if you think about it, Bad Boys has a lot of that very bold, in-your-face um, but it's got of, a really awesome style to Bad Boys that makes it's not the kind of movie I would like, but when I watched it, it it was because he was relying on the big gestures and moments and scenes with lots of action. It's also, and Michael Bay was in the yeah, movie. and the the dialogue isn't fantastic. It's pretty basic, but it's got a little because of the flair put on it by the director. Because it's that intangible we keep talking about that some movies have it and some movies don't. Um. So Blu-ray extras? Nothing. This is weird. This is a really weird universal release. 
because... Do you think they felt the same way about it? We I did? think they did. Yeah. I think they've sent it to die, kind of. <laughs> I really think they're... They're have. like this. Oh, my God. we got to put it on Blu-ray, so just get it out because there. Because literally, and we have, we have watched lots of Universal Blu-rays, this is the first Blu-ray we have seen where there is there is a menu, but it's not displayed to you unless you want it. And reason being, there's nothing to put on the menu because there's no special features. So all that the menu consists of is chapter search and stuff. And it tells you at the beginning, if you want the menu, press the pop-up button. And I said to you, I've been using Blu-ray for six years. I know what the pop-up button is. What the hell's going on here? And then all of a sudden it went straight into the movie, which I like. But they don't do that with big releases. They give you a big menu with all kinds of choices. This has nothing. No extras. Nothing. You still have to think, if they're keeping it on the down low, they may not... I mean, a lot of people are going to like this movie. We're just kind of being snotty and we're nitpicking, as we do, kind of it's sometimes. Nothing, it's got nothing But a lot of people disc. will love it, right? So it's not a waste of their time, but it's probably one of those movies that are like, look, we spent $10 million. That includes marketing. That includes this. And so for this DVD or Blu-ray, we're not going to spend more than we absolutely have to. Plus, we're now entering the phase of our human, American, whatever, evolution, where I think in the next five or ten years even, there's going to be less and less movies that even go to the physical anymore. They're just going to be there for you to download straight and watch. Because they're going to say, look, we're not even going to invest that extra $4 million. This actually screams straight to video. And I, I don't think it had a theatrical release. And that's kind of what it is. Right. But I think it'll even in the future it won't even go to that. It'll just go to like, look, you can watch it on Netflix. You can go to HBO online. You can do it on your fancy TV where you can da- like watch on demand. We're not even going to put it on a disc. And so I feel like that's sort of the very hint of it. Because there's nothing else to it. Because when you watch something on Netflix, you don't get the extras and you don't get anything. You just watch it, right? So right. to me, that's sort of a, a hint of things to come. But it's an odd one because there's not even an interview, one interview with <laughs> anybody on the set, which had to have occurred at some point, or a press release or anything. There's nothing. They got nothing. So you will never know about this movie, what, why its intention was or anything. That's okay. Unless you go, <laughs> I guess unless you go and um, try and find a interview with George Gallo online there must be one something uh, where he promoted it at least or something so in conclusion it's really hard to recommend this movie if it's on television I can <laughs> recommend it uh, I mean I can't recommend it if it's on television and there's nothing going down and you just lay in bed <laughs> you could watch it right even if you turn to it halfway through go ahead and watch the rest of it you'll be okay yeah it's really hard to it's really hard for me and it's got it had all the elements even looking even the covers bland yeah. You know? It's and I, I, not because it's black and white, because I love black and white. It's funny that the cover's actually got some colour in it on the screenshot from the online, <laughs> but the actual uh, Blu-ray cover's got no colour in it at all. Is that colour? Yeah, there's some colour in, in the faces slightly, but there's none in the uh, actual physical cover, mm. which is interesting. The colour got seeped out of it somewhere. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's a bad one for me. It's a... Uh, it's not bad. No, I mean, it's... Like I say, it's not going to... You would have rather spent your time watching something else. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. And last week's movie, which is actually better than I thought it was when I thought yep. about it this week, I'd rather watch that again than watch this one. So, And I'm always up for any film. Yeah. But this one just never... You know, I think I can spot when a movie's <laughs> not doing it for me. Because it really wasn't. And it should have, because the story's kind of interesting. Uh, yep. It you know? had it had great potential, and it just was left to sort of, you know. So in conclusion, 
They can't all be winners, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this one for us is not a winner. So and you uh, might love it. Thank you to Universal for giving us this stinker of a movie. <laughs> no. Um, no, thanks to Universal for all the movies they give us. All the exceptional ones. And the, like you say, the shit has to go with the good at some point. But see, I disagree with that. I don't think it's shit. Not the shit. The uh, bland. bland, boring movie that we don't care about has to, you know. For, for every... For every bowl of plain white rice, right? Yeah. Over here. Which is okay. If you, that's what you... You go. It's Okay. But to have a nice, flavorful curry to go on top of it, and or to have on its, uh, you know what I'm saying? So, all right. So if you want to win, know if that made any sense? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to win a copy of George Clooney and the Descendants, I thought you were going to say this Columbus Circle <laughs> on uh, DVD. Go to aschoolie.com. The contest is now live. You can go and answer a simple question and win U.S. and Canada entries only, please. Um, next week's Blu-ray review will be the Three Musketeers. Um, 3D apparently is what it's called but the three musketeers are we going to watch it on there? no we're going to watch it downstairs we might we we have a 3D TV on the desk behind me which we will sample the 3D on I'm sorry we don't unfortunately you do but I'll be willing if you want to buy me some glasses which or swap the glasses wanna, back and forth you want to pay $100 for a pair of glasses? I'm not as at you um, we will uh, not watch it upstairs here we will watch it projected on a big screen half of it's mine I did pay for half of it yeah, so. for a present yeah <laughs> So anyway, The Three Musketeers 3D is our review from next week. Uh, stay tuned. So uh, what's the game we play at this? Oh, let's not play the game now. Let's just do the movie recommendations, then play the game. All the right. movie recommendations, for me, based on Columbus Circle, uh, are, number one, The Last Seduction. With Linda now you're Florentine. trying to go with things that are better, that but do the it same better. vibe, okay. yeah. Because it really is. It has that old, and it's directed by Peter Berg, I believe who is an awesome actor. I love him. He's in it, too. Going on the premise that there are Bill horrible, in it. opportunistic people in the world. Yeah and, yeah, and it does it in a fantastic way, and there's twists that you don't see coming. That's how that movie should work. At this moment, if you had watched The Last Seduction again today, you would have been much happier. I think, yeah, and I think <laughs> The Last Seduction, probably a lot of people haven't seen it. It was from the early 90s. Linda Florentino, when she was at a height of her famousness. I think she only did like two or three things. It's a She went into TV. I think mm. she's in TV. Uh, I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah, I think she did like CSI. Or she's in something on TV, now, even now. like. Um, but yeah, she she's really good in it. And it's Peter Berg and Bill Pullman. It's a good cast. And it's got that kind of grungy kind of feel to it. You won't see what's coming. Um, and the other one is Basic Instinct, which also, it's not a great movie, but the vibe that it has of the old-timey thrillers mixed with this, like, at-the-time, cutting-edge thing, I liked a lot. Because it was like you were watching this old film, yet the gore and everything was crazy in that movie for its time. You know, I liked the mixture, and it worked. You know, it was interesting enough to... The twists and turns in Basic Instinct, you don't see coming either. And mine are going to be... Uh, these are not good movies um, in any way, shape, or form. But if you'd like to have a fest of this kind of Average movie, movie... These movies are... Okay, for today's movie, Columbus Circle, it's well, I'll, give, I'll give it a 5, right? Average. Out of 10. 5 out of yeah. 10. Just right across. Even though I feel like it's below average, really. But I'm going to go 5. These movies are like 2s. But they're also trying to be too cool or be something. And I'm going to say, 
Swordfish. Why would you recommend these? Which movies? is horrible. Yeah. I'm not recommending that you watch Swordfish them, is horrible. But these are, if you want to understand, is really bad. And Heist, with Gene Hackman, also... Uh, Just average. Badly everything. And Sliver. You know... Which is also... <clears throat> actually, Sliver. I thought of it. Three or four times while I was watching. Isn't that this movie. weird? So did I. And it's not really anything. It has nothing I just to do with it. it. Yeah. But the the thing of trying too hard to be twisty, like a really turny. interesting concept, and then just yeah, fail. and a very like a low common denominator of how to communicate this story to people. That's what I think of when I think of Swordfish, Heist, Sliver, and now Columbus Circle. I'm not saying spend the whole evening watching them unless you just want to get some popcorn. Let's see, a if case, you watched a all case them, of beer, so that by the end... If you watched all them three, mo- four movies in a row, you'd be asleep 20 minutes. You'd, you'd be waking up when the credits were coming up. Really. So if you want to take That's four naps... That's a really bad movie. Yeah. Wake up when the credits roll, put in the next one. Wake up when the credits roll, put in the next one. That's pretty bad. So that's my recommendation. So what, what's the game that we play at this time? Right. That line. And we're at right is R-I-G-H-T. You want to make it Right. Someone wrote it, R O G A W R O G T. Nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> We're not writing W R I T E. The line, whatever. If you've listened before, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say a line from a movie. The tip there is don't spell things out if you don't know how to spell. Them. <laughs> don't make games that are purely audio that have to have a visual yeah. hook to them because the idea mm. here is the name of the game is mm-hmm. write that line because I'm going to say a line from a movie that we all think of as super famous and we think we know it. Someone wrote it at some point, right? So that's the W-R-I-T-E version. Now we're going to write it, R-I-G-H-D. I'm going to say a line from a movie for you and you're going to tell me if it's the correct version or not. Right? Correct. And what did I tell you? I was going to go a little bleak on this one. A little bit dark. Is it Bleak House? <laughs> That's not the line. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the movie? Is that a movie? Yes. Uh, I'm even going to add a little bit of accent in here for you. Oh, God. I'm going to make you squeal like a pig. That is from Deliverance. That's correct. Ned Beatty. <laughs> Forever known yeah. as the unfortunate fellow gonna make you squeal like a pig is that what you just said i'm gonna make you squeal like a pig that's i think that's wrong i think there's more to it Mm. this thing's more well no i'm just picking a line so it doesn't have to be the whole scene or anything so just remember that is it is it a pig a sentence pardon oh does he say little piggy or something no in the whole no not in this line No, I'm just picking the one sentence. I say it's right then. Is that your final answer? Yes. It is wrong. It is, I bet you can squeal like a pig. Which I didn't even know that was the line. And he says to him, I bet you can squeal like a pig. I always thought it was, I'm going to make you squeal like a pig. But it wasn't. I always thought it was, squeal like a pig, little piggy. Or something like that. At the end of this sentence, he goes, wee! But I thought I would leave that part off. (laughs) Like I said, it's a dark moment in filmmaking, storytelling history. It's a fun moment. It's not a fun moment. <laughs> and it's not for children in any way, shape, or form. But if you want to watch a movie that has balls, 
in and all sodomy. kinds of ways and sodomy and intensity of a late 70s kind of movie, then by all means, skip over Columbus Circle and go straight to Deliverance. The very, there's no it's comparisons. It's got the... That's a uh, Dixie at the end, though, wasn't it? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, you kind of, you kind of did a remix. That's my right. That line was that remix. right? Was that too remix? Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening to too much. Um, what's the name? Electric area on uh, digital serious radio. <laughs> <laughs> Electric area channel fifty two on Sirius. Da da. That's hey. your advertisement for the day. <laughs> All right. So, um, games and a Scully stuff this week. Last week I told you that I bought a PS Vita, and I have, <laughs> and this week I said I was going to tell you about the games, but I only just got my game yesterday in the mail. I was waiting for Amazon to get them back in stock, and they finally got the games in stock. One thing I can say about Vita games, they're in little tiny little tiny baby cases. Which you so cute. proclaim are? Adorable. Two Blu-ray cases at a baby, because it's yeah, a little Blu-ray case. It's a little Blu-ray case. <laughs> Like, um, is it half the size of a Blu-ray? Man, almost. That's how movies should be, man. Put movies on a little tiny thing. and It's almost half the size of a Blu-ray case, but it's the same blue color because it's Sony, right? And when so you open it, there's nothing there's in it except just a this memory card tiny inside. memory card. Yeah, tiny. Like, what goes in your camera? Yeah, that's literally what it's it insane. is. It's insane. The packaging for those things is insane. At least they cut them down and didn't put them in a big Blu-ray case with a slip cover. At least they didn't do that. So... Um, so I did get Uncharted, and I will speak about it next week when I've dug into it, because I haven't even tried it yet. Um, but there was a, if you do own a PS Vita, there was a free game on the um, PlayStation Network store this week called MotorStorm RC, which is the newest MotorStorm game, which I love MotorStorm. But this is a twist on MotorStorm. Instead of real cars, you're playing with RC cars going around a track. And what's RC stand for? Radio Controlled. Okay. Or remote control? No, just radio controlled. RC. Not everyone speaks in uh, abbreviations and acronyms. So it's a cool... I, I was worried this week because when they announced there'll be a free game for all Vita owners, I said to you, it's probably going to be sponsored by somebody and you probably get two levels and then you have to buy the rest of the levels. That is not the case. All the levels are there. It is sponsored by Scion, Toyota Scion. Um, but the sponsorship deal goes as far as on the very initial loading screen when you load the game, it has a cartoon picture of a Scion. And it says, Motorstorm brought to you by Scion. And then you never see it again. Right, so, that was a bad. So it's not, it's not overtly advertised. It's not every single loading screen there's an advert. Um, so it's great. It's free. It's really fun. You beat your friend's times. It's on the Vita. You made a friend, sort of. It's, also, it's also on the PS3. You can buy the PS3 version. The PS3 version is not free. It's nine ninety nine, but that you can cross play with them. If you play some on your Vita and then you pl- go to your PS three, all your times and scores will be on your PS three. So it's a cross play game, as they call it. Um, there's no multiplayer racing. I can't race against my friend, but his ghost always appears in my game. So you're literally always racing against your friends. That's how they. So you don't be- have to wait for them to be there. No, because you see that a little um, their little avatar of P- PSN is in your game. Go- it's almost like a little car that goes ahead of you or behind you if you're winning. But um, it's great because you can see 
Like, my friend has got a Sly Cooper icon, so Sly Cooper's driving around the course. And, and he's I... not really a friend. Let's, let's explain how you found this person. On the PS Vita, there's an application that's built into every PS Vita called Near N-E-A-R, Near. And when you launch it, it, through the magic of the internet, or I don't even know how it some really Some creepy works. shit, some people would say. Some creepy shit goes down. <laughs> All of a sudden... Everybody who's playing on a Vita within four miles of your location shows up on a screen, like a radar, with, and they, all of a sudden you start seeing these avatars appearing. Um, are, those are people, though, who have also opened near. right? Yeah. It won't just happen. Like, if you don't want to be on that, you do, if you, you just don't use it, opt out of it. So it's not like a, don't be paranoid, don't be thinking like, ooh, everyone knows where I am. You have to make the effort. And they don't know exactly on. where you are, they just know you're within four miles of them. You knew where this person was. Because oh, he told me. Okay. You don't know where they are. You you know that... You can tell that one person's maybe half a mile away because he's nearer to you on the on the grid. Doesn't have an address or anything. Doesn't have an address, okay. no. So you don't, you don't know exactly where these people are, but you do know they're very close. So I sent out a few messages to some of the icons around me and said, Hi, I'm Paul and I live here. I didn't tell them exactly where I live. I said I lived in this district. Looks like you live close to me. Why don't we make friends? So I made friends with a couple of people. Now when I'm playing Motorstorm... You're talking virtual friendship. Yeah, PlayStation You're friends. on my friends list. Yeah. You're not my friend. No. But what the Vita has got that the PS3 hasn't, it's got built-in voice chat, which is it's exceptional. Because I can literally launch my friends list, pick any of my friends, be they on the PS3 or on a Vita, and voice chat to them. While you're playing a game? Yes. I can be playing game? any game, and they can be playing any game, and we can still be talking wow, to each other. That's... It has, it has and it sounds good. We know it sounds yeah, good. It's got a microphone built into the Vita, so you don't need to plug anything in. You can just talk to the Vita. Amazing. Why can't the PS3 do that? It can't do it. Does that mean if someone's on the PS3 playing, you can speak to them as well? Um, I haven't tried it, but I'm assuming you can. We should try it. Like, But you know what? A PS3 person cannot speak to a PS3 person. Still, to this day. It oh, never, right. It never... So I can't. It never happened. So, but the Vita's got built-in crosstalk, which is great. Like, because why not? It's got um, Foursquare built-in, Facebook, it's Twitter. Shit. It really is. <laughs> um, it's probably it's the most advanced handheld console. Can you ever. do video chat with someone? Not yet, but Skype's coming. So yeah, you will be. Wow, able to. nice. Um, Skype's about two weeks away, apparently. So yeah, video Skype, video and audio Skype. Nice, straight from it. Um, it's an amazing little handheld. I've said to you before, Sony's handhelds are like ahead of the times, always. Um, there's features in this thing, like the back touch. It's not just got a front touch screen, it's got... A, mm, you told them a, last week. A touchpad on the back also, which opens up all kinds of possibilities, in my opinion. One of them being, um, you know, if you're playing an old PS2 game on the Vita, because you'll be able to play PS2, PSP games now from the store so I can buy an old PSP game for like five bucks now the PSP had different buttons or the PS3 uh, let's say a, a PS1 game well the PS1 had a real controller with four shoulder buttons and well the Vita only has two shoulder buttons but the back screen can be as many buttons as you want it's split into quadrants so it could be another two shoulder buttons or it could be a I don't know that's too complicated for me it does so. work really well I, I, this week I was sceptical about that back screen this week, using it, it's so intuitive, it's really easy to use. Like, there's one game that I was playing where you're a guy and you have to move around. And when you put your finger on the back, back touchpad, it puts him into this super fast mode. 
So when you hold it, it goes fast. When you let go, it goes slow. So my problem is I can't play like this with my fingers right, curled up. Uh, I just can't. I right. mean, I literally have to have my hand. After about two or three minutes, I can't sit with my hands crunched up. Which I... And I do this and hold on to the back. Like when I was playing with my DS. I mean, that's a main way. I wrap my fingers around and hold it. Because if I sit with my fingers crunched up, it just hurts. After but like as a gamer who holds a joist paddle, so you've always got your fingers crunched up, so you can't get... Not necessarily. You can wrap your fingers around there. You don't... You don't you're not like Well, this. I mean, you've got... You're on... You're like this. These two. But these, you right. can wrap around. You can even go behind no, it. No, I'm using these two for the back touch. Like I'm using these I know, two for the back touch. Two. I'm saying. Right. But you can't just straighten your hand out and let it rest against the back. That would be my issue. Right. You can if you turn the... You can turn back touch off also. But um, the back touch is revolutionary in my opinion. I think it will be on all controllers in the future. I think console... I think Sony's new console, whatever it is, will have a new controller, obviously. I bet you it has back touch. And I think it, there's loads of things you can do with it. You think, oh, what would you do with back touch? Well, they've got like games where... I showed you the demo for Little mm-hmm. Deviants where you kind of push in... Imagine a landscape... Uh, and imagine the landscape. How do you how do you say it? Like it's mapped to the back touch panel. So when you push your finger up in the back touch panel, thanks, British person. So say you t- <laughs> say you push your finger up in the back touch panel in the middle of the screen, in the middle of the touch panel. Well, your finger comes up through the scenery. Your finger doesn't. It pushes the ground up. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. You, you're. A bulge comes up in the middle of the screen, exactly where you're touching on the back. And it's so accurate. You can run your finger around the back. It's a whole new um, eye-hand coordination, though, too, that I don't think everyone will be able to get. It'll take a time, because it's a weird... Apparently... Your brain doesn't quite put it together in the beginning. It doesn't take long. Hmm. Um, FIFA Soccer, they've got a demo for FIFA Soccer. Um, This is a good one. It's just... I was like, oh, well, back touch on a soccer game? How does that work? Well, you shoot the ball... And then to curve the ball, normally in a FIFA game, you just kind of have to flick the sticks around and hope that over the best. With this, while the ball's in the air, if you imagine the back touch being like a clock, like mm-hmm. like a, you know, yeah, half of a clock. Well, you can curve the ball any way you want by just sliding your finger, and the ball starts moving where your finger's sliding, and it's like amazing. It's all the time I've played FIFA. I've always been like, it's really hard to curve the ball with any accuracy because you hope for the best, basically, and start moving the stick. This is finite control. You can get it in the corner of the net fairly easily. Perfect. Um, Lots of things you could be used for. I'm very impressed with the Vita. I think it's a really good system. I hope that Sony get behind it. And, um, you know, this week it was leaked that there's going to be a new Grand Theft Auto on the Vita exclusively. Um... There's obviously going to be Sony's big games, God of War, Killzone, all that kind of stuff. Uncharted's already on it. They're obviously working on all those. I think Sony's big franchises, Sly Cooper, Ratchet and Clank, they'll all come to the Vita in their own games. When they do, I think it'll be amazing. Will you ever be able to use the Vita in conjunction with your PS3? Yeah. As a controller, look at maps, as a steering wheel, anything like that? I really think so, because they're, they're kind of built together. Uh, there's, there's an interesting feature. Imagine this. You're playing a PlayStation 3, Sony PlayStation 3, on your Sony 3D display with your Sony Vita in your hand. Correct. Because you could do that. Here's an interesting thing. I plugged the Vita into the PS3 this week just to see what would happen with the USB cable. And the PS3 said automatically, oh, we see you've connected a Vita. 
do you want to back up the Vita to the PS3 hard drive? And I was like, that's a good idea. See, that eliminates the thing you were worried about. Totally. Yeah. Thinking that you had to have a stick or ditch all your movies right. or games as you got right. so, them. So I said yes. 10, 15 minutes later, there was a big ball of... I mean, a zip file almost. It's not a zip file, yeah. but it's a Vita backup file on my PS3. What I can do now is get a bigger memory card or whatever, different one, plug it into the Vita and restore that onto it. There's no messing. That's really nice, because what happens if something does go wrong with your Vita, you... Uh, Why do you have to have a memory card to restore it? Just plug it back in. All I mean, say say I've got an 8 gigabyte memory card in my Vita. Say it starts to get full, and I want to get a 32 gigabyte memory card. In the past, there was no transfer in anything. You had oh, to yeah. put the 32 in and re-download everything. This I'm one. thinking about different. I'm thinking about when you said, I don't want to download a bunch of games off the Sony store because then my thing gets full and I got nothing to do with them. Right. Well, this way, you download as You can move want, them back and forward. Back yeah. them up. Yeah, so that eliminates that problem. And you can do that. Um, if you've got a bunch of demos on your Vita and then it starts to get full, you can just push them back onto the PS3 and leave them there. And when you put you... them back, presumably they'll know where you, your progress and your yep. trophies. It takes stuff. everything. You save the whole lot. You can back up your save games, which is fantastic. Sounds good. Yeah, it's a good system. Um, they should do it the other way around as well. It's they... too expensive, but it's good. It is expensive. I think it will come down in price. Um the best thing about it is the screen. It's an amazing screen. It's so sharp. It's so colourful. Other screens don't seem very colourful if you've been looking at it for a while. Are they going to put a new Sims on there? I, I highly anticipate a new Sims on there. New okay. Sims. Brand new. Yeah. Huh? I would imagine. It could motivate me. I haven't had a handheld in a long time. When's the... Uh, cause the I haven't had my handheld in a long time. Because <laughs> now it's got... Because this Vita has got touchscreen which most devices do nowadays, let's face it. I think it opens up a whole new world of stuff, games. And you know, like, people say, oh, I love my iPhone to play games, but I wish I had a controller. Well, the Vita does have that as well, like, so it does have everything for a gamer. And people say, no, iPhone plays all the games you could want. Yeah, but you don't have buttons and sticks. It's it's harder to play games like traditional games, you know? So it does have everything you need as a gamer. It's a gaming device. That's what it is, you know? Okay, so so far today we have poo-pooed on Universal and you're licking Sony's behind. So, let's move I on. I think they've done good. <laughs> so, MotorStorm RC is free if you own a Vita on the Vita store for a limited time. They want you to buy a Vita as quickly as sure. possible. So, that's the, that's the deal. Um, the other game I've been playing this week, we've played for two nights, is Mass Effect 3. It's fantastic. <laughs> you were watching some last <laughs> night. It's literally... I the closest, but... It's the closest game, the Mass Effect series, role-playing game. It's the closest you'll get to watching a movie, but with high levels of interaction. It's not just like Interacting sitting, with the movie, yeah. It's not like sitting just watching cutscenes. It's like, you, you, you're it. You're, you're Commander Shepard. Our Commander Shepard is Chloe Shepard, who has appeared in three Mass Effect games now. You carry your character over. We have this lady called Chloe, who's doing this... She she actually met somebody on the Citadel last night called Chloe. Mm. Another character called Chloe. And I was like, what's the chances of that? But there you go. Um, The story... The whole universe. Pretty slim. (laughs) The story is uh, really good this time. Really engrossing. There's a lot of politics going on at the moment. What we're doing. And it's all... Are you doing the farming thing anymore? Or whatever it's called? Scanning. There is scanning in this. It's a lot different than last time. It's actually a lot easier this time. Quicker. Quicker, not quite as tedious. Um, 
it's fantastic. The graphics look great. The voice, the voice acting's amazing. I mean, there's Hollywood talent in it this time, isn't there? There's um, who did who did we find? Freddie Prince Jr. is in it as one of the characters. Um, Seth Green is in mm. it as one of the characters. <laughs> Jennifer Hale uh, plays you if you're the fe- if you're a female shepherd it's Jennifer Hale she's the voice of Cortana I don't know if it's fair to say you have to have Hollywood people to have talent I'm just saying there's a high level of voice acting they're not all Hollywood there's a lot of voice yeah, actors too that's what I'm saying yeah uh, Jennifer Hale who I just mentioned is a actually a voice actor in other video games like I Halo. could be a good voice actor and I'm not a Hollywood person Jessica Chobot who we mentioned who has been mentioned this week she's also in the game as a reporter she's at IGN I was going to say an IGN writer, but she's not a writer. She's an IGN presenter, on-air personality, as they call them. She's the pretty face that tells you the news every day on IGN. That's what she is. She's in there. And but I was just hoping you wouldn't mention her because everyone else has. <laughs> well, she's in there. And she's, like, it kind of taints it for what's me. What's bad about it is she, she's bad at voice acting. She's actually bad at. She doesn't voices. take it as seriously about it. She does. Else. She's trying really hard, but she sa- when she re- when she does the IGN news and she reads it in front of the blue green screen and she stands there and she's all, you know she's quite animated and she likes to project a voice etc. She does exactly that in this yeah. game and it feels like she's reading the IGN news to you when she's delivering lines. So it's a bit weird, um, and I don't see hundred percent why she's in there. Um, I think that it's unfortunate that you even mentioned her. I feel like it's overshadowed this really amazing game, and I get people just keep talking she, about it and talking about it. Hasn't. It hasn't, and the character she is in the in the game, she's a reporter. Which I makes, mean, every conversation I've heard about it, they always I think it's her. because we all know her, because we've watched her for years, you know? I wouldn't know her from anyone. You wouldn't, but no. you don't, you're not a gamer who goes to IGN every I mean, day. if I bought this game and I was playing, I wouldn't give a shit. And you know what? She, <laughs> she's super... If you own an Xbox, she's the face of the Xbox. She's on the front... When you um, scroll the blade... Xbox? Uh, yeah. She's IGN uh, made a partnership with Xbox a couple of years ago. That's weird. Wh- whenever you launch your Xbox and it says what's new, she's always there. Her face is always there. Oh, wait, day. no. This is on the Xbox. This is on all of, on both. Right. Both. Okay. Um, so everybody knows her because she's on Xbox Live. She does the reviews and the, all that kind of stuff. IGN made a partnership with Xbox. So, um, yeah, she's in there... Um, the, the game's nothing to do with her, really. It's very brief, her part. Um, it's fantastic. I can't think of anybody who wouldn't like it. It's got shooting. It's got role-playing elements. It's got a Drama. really amazing story. Drama, that, yeah. That is deep, really deep. You can play it your way. You can be nasty, you can be nice. It's like Mass Effect 2. Um, <laughs> Mass Effect 1, Now, now I think of it, wasn't that good the first one and they, what they did with the second one is they went oh all the shitty parts of one we'll remove them and make a different game and it kind of got different I think it as a trilogy it would be kind of horrible to play now because you'd have to play that first one and it's different you don't have to it's very different but I mean if you yeah, wanted to, to play get the three, whole story, you don't you can skip over the first two and you just could play. skip over the first two because the opening cinematic does explain the whole thing so but yeah that's Mass Effect 3 it's amazing I highly recommend it probably one of the games of the year I am sure I can't see much topping this in terms of role-playing and scope and, you know. It's out of a good question. I don't know why. But what movie, just a movie, not a franchise, not a trilogy, none of that, just one singular movie, 
would you think of that would make a good game? And I have one in my mind. A game like that. Like, if they made it into a, move, a game like Mass Effect. Used that same quality and interaction and all of that. Made a world out of this world that you know of in this movie, but then expand on it. Yeah, I've got it. Blade Runner. Oh, yeah. Mine would be Fifth Element. Fifth Element would be good, too. Yeah, fantastic. And Blade Runner. Anything like that. Where yeah. I, I, want to explore, I want to explore the world of Blade Runner more. All of it. You know, this is just the movie, right? Right. I would love to that walk time, around in that. That time, yeah. the point in technology in our history. and I think Strange Days, too. That would be interesting. I was also, Weird and interesting. I was also just thinking of another cool uh, adventure game that could be made, and that's Groundhog Day. <laughs> it's pretty limited. No. Well, you could expand beyond the movie, but imagine it. You know the, uh, you know the things that he does every day in the movie. I love it, but I disagree completely. No, I think it could be a good point-and-click adventure. Do you type. mean point-click? Yeah, like... Um, Telltale games. Like their games. Ew, I don't like them. No, I think it could... But if you're saying you have to play this game and you have to do these things hundreds of times and then the end of the... Beating the game, as they say, would be that you have you have perfected all of these things and then you have the perfect day at the end where everything comes together. That's what I'm thinking. As a game concept. With this, with this, this kind of game. Yeah, that would be kind of interesting. So yeah, off topic a little bit, but yeah, Mass Effect 3, by Movies and games? How much more on topic could I be? Buy Mass Effect 3 and buy a PS Vita. That's my, <laughs> that's the end of my public announcement for this well, week. Well, you're a bit of an elitist. <laughs> Not everyone can spend like thousands of dollars on entertainment. Um, my thing is what? What's for dinner, Sid Talk? <laughs> uh, a friend sent me an email today that had a recipe for cauliflower gratin. I think is what you call it. That is the posh way of saying cheese. Cauliflower gratin. Putting cheese on it. And I'm adjusting it. It just sort of struck a chord. I thought that sounded good. So it's going to be cauliflower and broccoli. And it will have no cheese, no dairy, but it will be made with almond milk and daya and the top. What really comes out is fake cheese. Yeah, it's not fake cheese. It is um, cheese substitute. A, nope, it's not a substitute. It is what it is. It's not fake. It's not your imagination. It's called daya. It's made out of vegetable proteins, and it's it has cheese. the same texture. I know, but it's not fake cheese. All right, it's cheese with no dairy product. Mm, okay. Yes, true. Well, it is daya. That's what it's called. Well, that's the brand name. I know, but that is what it is. And I kind of agree with the concept of not calling these things fake or alternatives or anything, because it isn't. It is what it is. Well, it's not cheese. I could say that steak is an alternative to vegetables, but it isn't. It's meat. Vegetables right, but vegetables. the brand name's not what it should be referred to as. That is what it's referred to as. Daya. You right. put Daya on your pizza, you put Daya in your cheese soup, you put Daya... Good for them, then. Brand naming. Work but well. that's what it is. It's the only one of its kind made with these particular ingredients, like um, tapioca and whatnot, to give it the right... If you are cutting out dairy, and you still love your... Like this, okay? I took some of the daya, I ground it up in the blender with the almonds and the breadcrumbs, which you make a crunchy topping. That's what really caught my eye. So I put the daya in with that, because the daya has the exact same texture as shredded cheddar cheese. Put I think if you're a there, cheese Ground nut. it up. I'm going to put it on top so it'll melt inside of there with it, and I'll put a little bit in the sauce as well to make like a thicker white sauce. I think if you're a cheese freak... You wouldn't like it. It's um, not tasty enough. I am a cheese freak. In my entire life, I have only wanted... Okay, this is how much of a net I was for cheese my whole childhood. Take a piece of Longhorn cheese, the big round slices, because we used to get it sliced really big. Get a really thick one, lay it on a plate, put it in the microwave. Microwave just the cheese until it melts and gets all hard and crunchy. And just sit there and eat this greasy, melted piece of cheese. 
over and over and over again. So I love cheese. So it's been an adjustment, but using this... Yeah, you're right. You have to get some distance from... See, I've never... I love a cheese and pickle sandwich, right? Mm-hmm. And I've never had a dayer and pickle sandwich. How do you think that would be? Just some just some on bread with some pickled onions. The cheddar Not flavor? Not cooked or melted or the anything. The cheddar flavor? Just some of it. Like I, I would with cheese. I don't know. Would it be kind of boring? I don't know because I've never tried the sliced kind, but they're making slices oh, there is. now. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have to try that. And piece, yeah, we will when it comes to our store. It took two years for it to, for us to get in our store. But anyway, we're making the cauliflower broccoli gratin with no dairy. So right. I think it's going to be fantastic. And then in addition to that, we're going to have a, I don't know what you call that either. It's chicken patty by corn. But there's no chicken involved. No. It's C-H-I-K apostrophe N. In fact, they shouldn't call it corn chicken patty. They should call it corn patty. Yeah. Because they're a company who's not about meat. So why say the word chicken? Just trying to appeal to people who maybe used to eat meat. Yeah, and to let you know what it's you're getting into. To, yeah, I mean, But if I'm a person who's never at meat, that doesn't mean anything to correct. me. Correct. Oh, and people, I've heard people say that who yeah. are vegan and they do podcasts and stuff. It's like, like, well, I don't care about whether it tastes like yeah. chicken because I don't eat chicken. One person's more. offended by it, one person isn't. They're like, I totally understand because as a person, like some people will say, well, I used to eat meat, now I don't. And I do have in my life the, the texture and the flavor of good experiences with eating chicken and beef and for me I have to associate it with the same thing and it's not the same obviously but it's good though but that's what we're having and then we're having some salad which we got some say on sale who knows what that's going to be like we're going to say it's like hand picked butter something lettuce I'm not sure it's a butter big plastic lettuce? thing I like butter lettuce that's but what it that said. wasn't what looked funky to me so we'll see and then my advice for the week is not my advice I got it from Eco Vegan Girl which she's actually a grown woman but she does she has a website and then I've been watching her YouTube videos she does all kinds of stuff where she goes to Vegan Expo kind of like a E3 but right. it's uh, organic and uh, vegetarian vegan products and all that kind of stuff so I started watching that and then in one of her videos it's just her sitting on her couch and she said I have three tips for you just basically life advice, and I think it's very good. And she gave some examples. You can make up your own. But the three things are that anytime you go, you're faced with a change or to do something new or different or a task you need to learn or anything, first of all, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. We all have that. We have that in our mind. Rob Schneider. How shitty is that? Like, we're the worst <laughs> film things ever. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can do it. Me, this is my example. And then oh, the other two are consistency and persistence. Just apply those three things to a thing that you're doing. Now, I suck at being on a diet. However, in the last three years, what's happened? Stopped eating meat completely. Stopped drinking soda completely. Cut my sugar down to like less than 20% of what I used to have. Cut my oil consumption and animal fats of all kinds down it had, I haven't done the calculation lately, but I did like a year ago, and I was down to below 10% of the amount of animal fats. That included real butter, um, margarine that has casein in it, that includes cheese, cheese, you know, um, any dairy that I would put anything, whipped cream if I made whipped cream, all that kind of stuff. And I'd cut down, and even now I'm less, because I've started eating coconut oil instead of margarine, blah, blah, blah. So when I thought about her advice, I sort of went back and thought, that is kind of how, because I'm not good at consistency, and I'm not very persistent. If it's something that isn't giving me self-gratification or instant gratification, I guess. But 
over this particular thing, so I've applied those things. And the really simple one was taking my own grocery bag to the store. Now, at first, what kept happening? <laughs> I ended up with like 10 Leaving bags. Leaving them in the car. No, because I would forget completely and have to buy another oh, one. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. ended up with one from like five different stores because I kept forgetting. But I made the thing. I can do this. It's so stupid to it's think. It's stupid to bring plastic bags Yeah, on. it's stupid it to think, well, I can't, I can't accomplish this. So well, I was persistent because yeah. I kept By the making bags. the effort to make, if I get the groceries, I have one place in the kitchen where they go. And before I leave the house to go to the store, Tell I've made, I'm very consistent. I get the bags out and take them to the car with me. In the beginning, I would forget every day, every day. And then I just started forcing myself to think. Okay, they're in the cabinet, take them with me. In the cabinet, take them with me. And then about once a week, I gather them all up, put them in the floorboard behind my seat in the car, so I have my stash. And then after like a week or so, I've kind of used them up. But I've been persistent in just doing it, making myself, you know. And now, as she pointed out, habits form. When you do it enough, it becomes natural. And it really is now. And I feel weird if I end up ending up someplace and I get out of the car to go into the store and I haven't brought one with me, I'm like, crap, what? how did I forget that? Well, I broke my routine or I didn't do the same thing or whatever reason it was. Or I was washing them or something like that. But um, I think that's good advice. You can do it. And you can go where? to? Oh, YouTube. Eco Vegan Girl. Yeah, Eco Vegan Girl. She's also got a website, so you could just look her up. But um, she's, she's pretty good. I've been watching her reviews of things and she's very casual she explains very clearly, you know, yes, she can spend extra money on things um, and explains why that it can be hard to be organic and all that. Kind. I mean, I'm not really an organic freak or anything about it, but I think it's good. Eco vegan, vegan girl. girl. Yes. So uh, is, that, is that your whole bunch of stuff? That's my whole bunch of stuff. All right. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, I want to remind you about our websites, aschoolie.com, sidtalk.com. Talking of consistency. We say this every week. You are um, persistent. I want to. You can catch us both on Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube. You can even catch me on the PS Vita. Um, I did Username A Scully. A S C U L L Y. You can also catch this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Zoom Marketplace, or just go to ascully.com, Click on the word podcast. All your subscription <laughs> needs will be met, including Google Reader, one of my favorites. And I just thought, if you're on your Vita. Right? And you're on near and uh, you haven't found you, just wander around. But wherever you are in the world, just keep wandering around until a scully appears on yeah. <laughs> You'll <laughs> find him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then you yeah. He just has to be four miles away, so yeah. you just just keep walking around. Everywhere. They've made sure scully. you can't really find people yeah. in that way, haven't Stalk they? people. With the four mile thing. Yeah. Um, and you can email feedback to me at ascoli at com. You don't email Sid Talk because she... Uh, email Sid Talk if you want. It's sidtalk at columbuscircle.com. <laughs> That's where she lives. Um, and you can find her on Nia. Just wander around there. <laughs> yeah, re- you're really going to have a hard time finding me on Nia. All right. So, um, yeah, that's it for this week. Stay classy. Um, no. You're BC? Yeah, probably. <laughs> the only choice. I was going to say Jason Lee, but you'd have to go back 20 years, wouldn't you? You'd have to find some class to begin with. 20 years ago, he was pretty good. I liked him. And I'm going to say, think for yourself. Because if you don't do it, someone will do it for you. 